0: Welcome back to the Finding Strength Podcast. It's Matt. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm excited. Tara Garrison teaches us this week what it's like to overcome some serious challenges from childhood trauma to divorce to infidelity. She dives into all these things in this episode. She is a licensed personal trainer. Uh, nutrition coach, all sorts of awesome things. And she's going to teach you guys how she has become a freaking champion, how she's found her strength. This is a gnarly, gnarly episode. It's amazing. I really want you guys to share this one as much as you can because people need to hear this. We're getting into some pretty cool stuff, and um, I'm, I'm really stoked for you guys to hear it. I also want to tell you about some cool stuff we got coming up through Finding Strength. Finding Strength is expanding, It's no longer just the Finding Strength podcast. We're beginning to expand the movement, and my uh, private therapy practice is now going to expand into Finding Strength Counseling, Finding Strength Psychotherapy, Finding Strength Family Therapy, um, and also Finding Strength Public Speaking and Coaching. It's going to be really cool. I'm stoked on it. So if any of you guys out there are interested and need... Therapist or a counselor or somebody to come out and speak, talk about trauma, addiction, motivation, just life stuff. Come to your house, work with your family, help you get through some stuff. I'm your guy. Let me help you out. Hit me up through Finding Strength Podcast at gmail.com or Finding Strength Podcast, um, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff as well. Binding-strength.com. We have a website that's in the works, and it is still being constructed. And if anybody knows WordPress, hit me up because I could use your help. Here I sit with the one, the only Kevin Denny. It's me. Of Tenny's Pizza. Did you guys know Tenny's Pizza is a local organization that provides a lot for this community? You guys have, what, three stores? Three locations, Yeah. Yeah. We have one in uh, Saratoga Springs, one in Riverton, and then one in American Fork right over there by the Costco. Um, we're hoping you guys support us because, honestly, it's we're just locally owned and operated. So me and Bethany, the the person you listen to each and every week that laughs a lot, um, we co-own all three locations, and we have owners that have families with us in all these locations. So um, when you guys support Tenny's Pizza, you guys support a locally owned and operated company that appreciates you. I mean, if you come in on a Friday night, you will see me and Levi in Saratoga. You'll see Alex up in Riverton, and you'll see BJ over there in American Fork. So uh want to say thank you for supporting us through all these years since 2011, since Tenny's has been around, and we hope to be here a lot longer. So thank you very much for your, all, all your guys' business. Stay local and support Tenny's Pizza. Thanks.
1: We're starting. Okay. Hello. This is Bethany. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone knows that by now. <laughs> oh my why. gosh.
0: We're off to a r- ribbon start. This
1: is why I never start I love what,
0: I love making you start. I wish you guys could see her right now. She's so giggly <laughs> and nervous so and it's awesome.
1: I don't know why I don't like it. It's like you're
0: like the most natural at this whole thing.
1: I, I get weird. Anyways, welcome back.
0: Finding Strength Podcast. Here we are, Bethany, Denny, Mac, Wagabush episode. Who gives a shit? We have so <laughs> I many.
1: Don't remember. I never remember. I can't even remember. Like, like everybody kind of goes together. So I don't remember like who was last. Who was two times? Ago. I don't. I just remember everybody. It like well, we, flows all together. Well, we don't.
0: Rec- we used to record every week. We're here with our friend Tara Garrison. If, What's up, guys? Case you guys know. <laughs> um, you'll get to know Tara real well today. We're excited about it. Oh. Um, but last episode was, it was Misha. Misha. And we recorded like a month
1: ago. I know. See, that's why I was like, I had to think about it before I got here. I was like, who yeah. was last?
0: Yeah, every other week thing makes it so we don't do this as often. But it, I think it's easier for us, and we've got good feedback. So we get.
1: I know, and summer's been hard, so we're trying to figure out our schedules. It's a little chaotic.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. But what are you gonna do? I know, but so i why we get super awesome Super excited
1: because Tara. It's funny because I have. I feel like I talked about you to people because I'll be like, Oh my gosh this girl, Terry, you should follow her on Instagram. Like she gives so much good information because you really <laughs> do. You put out a lot of really good, very knowledgeable information about nutrition and fitness. And so
2: I thoroughly enjoy following you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Cause I, like I constantly in my meditation every morning, I'm like, how can I serve? How can I serve? So that's what I'm always asking is like, what would I want to know if I wasn't me, right? Like, yeah. well, how can I help somebody today, right? So thank you. I appreciate that because yeah, that's, that's like what I'm going for. I'm hoping <laughs> that I'm putting out information that's helping people. Because in, so, Instagram for me
1: is one of those like, I'm really not motivated today, so I'm going to go on Instagram and see these really fit people and it's going to make me work out. Yeah, that, that was it me. It does works a good for you? It, it totally does. Oh, I'll wow. be like can do that. I'm going to go work out. I need to do something.
2: (laughs) Yep. And that's exactly where I'm at. You know, I I know a lot of people struggle with like comparing themselves and letting themselves feel down, but I, I, it's never been that way for me. It's always been motivating. Right. I'm like, Okay, yep. I uh, never mind. I just remembered I want to be <laughs> I want to be in shape or I want to do personal development better. or I want to be more spiritual today. Like it, I I love it. To me it's like a community resource. And when I see other people winning or sharing something wonderful, it doesn't make me feel bad for me. It motivates me. I'm like that's freaking awesome. I want that in my life, you know? So I try to
1: see, I, I, I think try to walk
2: that's
1: why I like the way I, or who I follow necessarily. Yeah. For that reason. Cause I've just turned it into more of a, more of my motivational stuff where it's yeah. like, I, I literally just follow fitness, nutrition, health, mental health people, because that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for. I'm yep. not, I'm not looking for all the other stuff. And I, I get more of that on Facebook, I guess, cause I'm uh-huh. friends with just whoever and everybody. And yeah, but on Instagram for me when I get on, I'm like, okay, I need to be motivated today. That's awesome. What do I need to see? Who do I, or if I see someone else following some random person, like, who is that? Is that going to make me want to go
0: work out? I follow all of those things and really filthy comedians.
2: (laughs) That's good. They have
0: some good, there's some freaking content that comes out like on, on Instagram that I, like I'm crying laughing. Like it's so funny. Like Johnny Knoxville. Oh my gosh. Like I get some funny stuff. Children don't follow him. (sighs) Um, <sighs> I feel like we're giving bad advice. Good to know, yeah, Gary V. Yeah.
1: He has bad language, but I love him.
0: So it's He's fine. pretty great. He's pretty okay, great.
1: Okay, so back to Tara. Here's the thing. So I was saying to you earlier, we I've been around you multiple times now, but it's usually like you know at a party or somewhere, and so I'm always just like picking your brain because I'm always wondering what you're doing and what's new. But I don't know anything about you, like your yeah. your life. So yeah. like, where did you grow up? You know, where are you from? What was your family like?
2: <laughs> okay, you
1: ready? Yes, I love this. this is my
2: Bring it, part. Tara. This is, why we, this is why we came here today. <laughs> all right, um, I've yeah, I, I love sh- sharing my story because, like, I think so many of us have similar stories, but we like to just like act like we all of our pain and all of the suffering that we've gone through was like unique to us. And then the more people open up and share about it, it's like. Oh, you're not special in your you, you in your pain. It, not and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean it like that to me, it's very healing when you hear other people talk about the crap that they've been through in their life. So that makes For me sure. want to be more open about mine. So, um, I grew up in Virginia in Richmond, Virginia, my whole life, right? Like birth to graduating high school. Um, I have wonderful parents that are like full of love. They were divorced when I was a toddler. Um, but life was like, not easy growing up. Um, Like my mom, I was the youngest of five kids, single mom. She went back to school. I think it was very overwhelming for her. So I just don't really remember her being home a lot growing up. Um, I like definitely experienced poverty, you know, and like also there was a lot of abuse in my childhood, uh, mental physical and sexual like pretty much my whole childhood and like it's really interesting to see how that manifested in my life because like in school I think that I loved school so much because it provided like predictability and it was like clean and organized and the teachers were so nice to me and everything felt so safe and predictable Mm -hmm. there and I and I think that because because it was that way it propelled me into like academics and achievements and all these things because I just loved being there right and I and I also think that I had some like probably pleasing tendencies in my personality, you know, from, from the rough stuff that was going on at home. So I just always wanted to please my teachers and do a good job. I'm definitely like a goody two shoes by nature. Like I wish I, you know, I think I've developed a more of a rebel uh, side of myself as an adult in the last few years, but like (laughs) by nature growing up is like goody two shoes. Like I would have been, if I got in trouble by my teacher, I would have cried for sure. Right. So that was me growing up. I wish I I was like that. And then, (laughs) And, um, yeah, by the time I got to high school, I, I just like always wanted to be there. So I was like in everything, you know, I was like the editor of the newspaper and staying way late editing the newspaper. And I was the honor society president and the Spanish honor society president and the like president of this club and all this stuff, you know, and I was very, um, into academics, AP student, you know, all that. And, um, I think that during that time of my life, like I had developed this ability and I'm sure Matt you can like you're i I just see you over there like psychoanalyzing me. <laughs> but what I do you can you can fill me in later but No <laughs> this is what t- i No,
0: Not at all, Tara. In fact in fact in fact what I'm doing is I'm I'm realizing like why you are a freaking champion like why you have the drive that you do because why she
1: looks as hot as she does yeah damn <laughs> right? true story thank but, you
2: <laughs> well we're gonna get into that a little bit later too well
0: and because and for me like <laughs> but, trauma therapist that's what uh-huh, we do like uh-huh. we go back like if i were to do th- therapy with anybody like this may turn people off from becoming my clients but i want to talk about your childhood i want to know what it was like yeah. for you growing up because that's when we begin to create all these belief systems that we have. Right. And so I hear your story and I think, oh, she's self-made. Like you you had you and nobody.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so
0: you, you realize much. very early yeah. on that like, okay, I got to figure this out. I've been through a bunch of stuff and I'm I'm going to take that and do something with it mm-hmm. rather than let it do something with me
2: exactly that's exactly right and like as I got out of um, high school and went to I wanted to go to BYU I was Mormon all growing up as you guys know and mm-hmm. like I wanted to go to BYU so bad like I didn't apply anywhere else I was just like I am going to Brigham Young University so that's how I got out to Utah I went to BYU I'm living my Mormon dream Um living in my nice little Mormon bubble and I'm like um, I think that the pain of my childhood I just was kind of like oh, I just get over stuff really easy. Like, I don't... And and I would say, in general, I do, like, I don't cling to... Mm -hmm. um, You know, if somebody offends me, I kind of get over it fast because I just prefer not to cling to that kind of stuff. But there was a lot that hadn't been addressed and hadn't been worked through, and I was just going to forget about it and move on, right?
1: Especially if you move away. You're like, oh, next stage, now this can all just go away because I'm not there anymore.
2: Totally, totally. Mm -hmm. It was like, yay. We all do that. We we all, like, want
0: to think like well this stuff that happened to me that was really formidable uh has nothing to do with who i am today but it's the exact
2: opposite (laughs) like what
0: happens to us shapes us and one of the things that drives me crazy is when people are like well kids are resilient they're fine kids are resilient yes however we call them the developmental years for a reason we're developing not just physically, but emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and, and that's that's a that's a big part of who you are, what happens all throughout all those years.
2: That's right. And I learned a you know, a really s- awesome skill that I loved during those developmental years. And that was how to compartmentalize my pain Mm -hmm. and just tuck it away in a corner and just like replace it with achievement and earning worthiness and, um, fun and distractions and never having to really, like think about it. Right. And I was totally unaware of how it was manifesting in my personality, how it was manifesting in those quiet moments. Um, you know, where I'm going to bed at night and I'm I've like addicted to this pattern of like guilting and shaming myself mm-hmm. over things, you know, That's the craziest stuff. Yeah. And that, that was my life. Like after, so two years at BYU, I, you know, get married, it's a typical Mormon kind of progression. I was 20 years old. I got married um, and married in the temple, all that graduated. I was pregnant when I walked in graduation, right. And had four kids and for 13 years I was Mormon and married, and it was like, um, gosh, about four years ago, if you guys had met me, like, I would have been the young women's president in the Mormon church, living right in front of the temple in a nice, like, upper-middle-class neighborhood, just, like, living the dream. It was like, I did it, right? I came from poverty, and I made my life. I'm making snacks after school, and I'm picking my kids up at the bus stop, and I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I have an Etsy shop where I sell wreaths, and I'm, you know, <laughs> that so, was me. So what happened?
1: That was me. So, um, like, where? I I should say, where did you feel like it began to change? (laughs) I don't want to say fall apart because, which is what I, I love that. Where my Uh initial thought goes to like, when did all your dream fall apart? But I don't think that's really true. It's just everything changed. Yeah.
2: No, thank you for like being careful with those words. Because I think that, um, for so long, like even like I'm jumping to like now, like I've looked back at that, like with the, through the, sorry. And I don't mean any disrespect to Mormon people. When I share this, I'm only sharing like my perception, but like, I, you know, I use these Mormon words to frame it. Like, like, oh, like I, I fell, like I, I went down, like I fell away. Like I, you know, was this horrible person. So yeah, let me tell you how, how it changed because it really is. Um, for me, it's been one of the most beautiful processes I've ever been through. They say like, when people, if you're really going to find out who you really are and you're going to soar high, you're going to have to break down to a really like low, low. And I definitely did. And the, and this is where it all changed. Um, <laughs> and I've talked to my ex-husband about this and he's okay with me sharing this. So, um, so one day I'm in relief society and this is the Mormon church, like meeting for women. And I, they have these, this couple that comes in and they're the porn, the porn, It's basically AA for porn in the Mormon church, right? It's porn addiction recovery. Right, and Uh (laughs) which is just so fascinating, which we can uh, we can geek out on if you guys want because it's it's so fascinating to me now. I'm in a totally different mindset about it. But when I was Mormon, you know, when you're Mormon, like if your husband looks at porn, that's super bad, right? Like he's he's, cheating on you. He's cheating on me. I wasn't enough. Um, It's uh, devastating. He's not worthy. He's he's not enough either now, right? Yes. (laughs) Um, And it's such a crazy thing that happens because it's this forbidden fruit thing syndrome that happens yeah. where it's like, they feel like they're addicted and something's wrong with them. Cause they looked at porn like twice a month, you know? Um, and, and then all that
0: does is create more, more desire to more want desire, to look at it. Exactly. It's the exact opposite approach that we should take with this thing. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And then yeah. like, You know, I'll be the first to admit, like this Mormon sex life does not always is not always awesome either, because you're grow you grow up with all these like shaming ideas around sex, and like it's like you know if you're you have to be pure and chaste, and it's just I don't know
1: everything's naughty. We've we talked about this a little bit with Mike
2: (laughs) on here before.
1: We our friend, he's a sex therapist. Oh, cool! And it's awesome because he we've talked about that how everything is naughty, everything is bad, everything is dirty, right? So then all of a sudden you're married. And even still, after I was married, I mean, for years and years and years, there were certain things that were still considered dirty. Right. Where it's like, this is my marriage.
2: Why? Whatever we're cool with, and it should be innocence. And that's, that's it. Exploration. Like, it's and none and of beauty. your business. It's right. not this person's business. Yeah, Mike's, right. Mike's
0: president likes to do is he says he says you're welcome to bring whoever you want to with you into the bedroom, <laughs> right? Everybody's opinions are welcome, but they're right there with you. Their opinion, uh, you bring it right yeah. in there with you, and they're right. right there next to you. Or you get to decide what's right for you. Yeah, and mm-hmm. between you and your person. Right. Anyways, so
2: yeah. So that, at that time though, so they're coming in and they're like get, basically giving us this spiel of, you know, Hey, if you find out your husband's addicted porn, it's not your fault. And you need to know that. And it's, you know, it's not personal. And I was just, and you need to ask your husband if he looks at porn. Right. So here I come home from church and you know, there had been like a couple of times we had talked about it. You know, I do my little faithful check. You don't look at porn, right? Okay, cool. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so here we are, we're like chopping vegetables. i got my dad and my sister's family coming over in like 30 minutes for after church dinner and I'm like hey we had these people come and they were like talking about porn I was like you don't look at porn right doing my faithful check and he just breaks down and starts bawling bawling right and I was like, Oh, this is serious. Like this, it it was a deep, deep pain, you know, that I was seeing come through on him. And he basically told me right then and there that he had been looking at porn our entire marriage. And it was like a secret that was going to die with him. And he finally wanted to like take care of it. And he was going to start going to (laughs) porn addiction recovery. And, um, my knee jerk reaction was, Oh my gosh, it's okay. Like, don't worry about it. Um, like we'll I love you. We'll it. Yeah, out. we'll figure this out. And like, and I know it's not personal, I know it's not about me. Like, and I'll and I'll help you. It's all good, you know? So, like intellectually, I was there, right? Like, right where I was supposed to be. Because I was really, really good at supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at that you point. We talked in my about life. that
0: before, the compartmentalization, mm-hmm. taking what you thought or felt, shoving it down, and right, then pulling exactly. up
2: what you think is supposed to happen. Exactly, right? Yep. Um, yep. and so but on the inside, yeah, I was crushed, mm-hmm. right? And I just. And you got remember, people coming over in 30 minutes. so you got to make
0: sure they don't know what's going totally. on.
2: Totally. Yeah. Totally. Sorry, go so, ahead. So, no, that's exactly what happened. And so. Um, for the next three days. And I, I I own this now. I'm like, Ooh, this is a hard learning lesson in my life about like being honest about your feelings. like, I wasn't even being honest with myself. I was like really trying to trick and convince myself that I was fine. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm fine. And I think uh, especially women, I think we, I mean, guys too, but I think women, we do this, like I'm fine. I'm good. I got it. I'm strong. I'm a badass. Like I'm totally fine, 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 fine. All the time. I say fine
1: (laughs) so much. And anytime I say fine, Kevin's like, Oh shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like seriously,
1: cause fine does not mean you're good. Like you're not good. If you're well, fine, you're not, you're not fine.
2: <laughs> I had a friend, I had a friend, Kristen on my podcast and she talked about when she went through her divorce and she went to a therapist and her therapist said, fine is not a feeling. Fine is not an emotion. Right? I need you to give me another word. And she was like, huh? <laughs> I,
1: like, I like that. Cause uh... it's true. It's the word we use when we're like, I don't want to talk. Right. So I'm going to tell you I'm fine, so you'll shut up and leave me alone, and I can go wallow in my misery by myself. Yeah, exactly. It's similar to
0: another F word, if you think about it. it's really. I like the like, other one <laughs> so much better. Well, you're just like, kind of like F off. <laughs> you really right. are. Like, oh, fine. Like, just leave me alone. It is. Like, no,
1: you're, that's true. I've never thought of that, but that's true. That's yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, It's, it's like, it's, I don't
2: want to talk to you, so.
0: Yeah, in marriage therapy, we call it turning away.
2: Yeah. And, 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 and it's, and you can tell yourself you're fine. Totally. And it's turning away from yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly, right. So exactly. you don't even give your space, yourself exactly. the space to process what mm-hmm. you're going through. You're just like, let me shove it down. It's like F you feelings. Yep. Like go away. I don't want to feel you cause it hurts mm-hmm. and I'm not willing to deal with that. And I'm not willing to feel mm-hmm. that. And, um, so I walked around in a daze for like three days. I remember, I mean, I was just a zombie. Just like so much, uh, streaming from, I would go from like victim to humiliation because I thought of like my friends and family who had told me that their husbands were addicted to porn and I felt so sorry for them. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, at least they knew like here. I, and and the biggest feeling I would say that I felt was, um, betrayal, honestly, not because of the porn, but because, there was this whole thing happening in our marriage. I thought we were very close and I'm like, you were like sneaking out of our room in the middle of the yeah. night. Like what? Like you had this whole secret you were keeping from me this whole time. Like it just made me feel stupid and it made me feel like, um, it made me really question our relationship, honestly, because I was like, man, and I look at that now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I see the cycle he was in. I see the pain he was in. I see all the shame and guilt and how he couldn't face that. He didn't have the courage to face it, you know, and, and tell me, and it's, we've talked about it a ton now, um, since our divorce and, and I totally get it and I see it through a different lens. But at the time I was just betrayed and I was a victim and I was not enough and all of those feelings. So, um what's what like i'm i'm really happy to tell this story now cuz i've like wanted to forever i just like didn't feel like i was in, had processed it enough to be able to share it mm-hmm the way I wanted to. So like, so my fitness journey, yes, I was propelled by qualifying for, I wanted to qualify for the Boston marathon so bad. It was a dream, yes. which you just did. Yeah. Well, I just qualified for New York or New York. Yeah. yeah. I just
1: qualified for a marathon. I was like, oh, yeah, thank cool. you.
2: And that's, we'll get to that. Cause that's actually another part of healing from another trauma <laughs> that we'll get to after my divorce. But, um, I, so I, I was going to be hotter than all those porn chicks. That was what, what, what was in my head. Right. I was like, okay, like, I'm, I'm going to obviously take my role and responsibility here. Like, I must not have been sexy enough. Like, he felt like he had to go look at that. Like, um, and I... I was lying to myself on the surface, right? I was like, oh no, I know it's, it's not personal, (laughs) but in my heart, it's not me, but it's not, I'm going to make sure it's not me, but I'm not going to tell anybody I actually really do think it is. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so that was like, it was like in my heart, but I was like, I almost wouldn't even accept it in my brain. Right. There was this huge disconnect and I was like, yep. I'm going to get, and I didn't even know what porn chicks looked like. I didn't look at porn because I was Molly <laughs> Mormon. Right. So I was like, in my head, they were all like Giselle and like freaking yeah. <laughs> Victoria secret models. And I was like, okay, I got to get hotter than that and then it will all be better. Right. And what was really, really interesting as I went through that process was lots of things. one, I actually did get really healthy and that was amazing, right? Like I totally changed my nutrition, um, which actually changed my mindset quite a bit. Um, as I got stronger physically, I started feeling stronger emotionally. So there were some really cool things that happened from this unhealthy motivation. Um, and I did qualify for the Boston marathon. This was in 2016. So I ran it in 2017, which was amazing. So there were, there were, you know, there's duality, I think in everything, right? (laughs) Like whenever you're going through trauma, there's also like amazing things happening in your life life. Um, but at this point, um, I started to get hotter and hotter. Right. And it's so for the, it was actually a really experience, interesting experience to go through. Um, especially as a woman, I think, because I felt myself disconnecting from him more and more and more. Like he worked early and I kept, you know, I'd put the kids to bed and I'm going to go to the gym. And it started with this healthy motivation. And then it was like, Ooh, and yeah, why don't you just go to bed? don't wait up. Right. Um, cause I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I just was super enjoying my me time with my music and just working out and getting stronger. And I was also disconnecting from him more and more. And as I started to get more in shape, I started to one, get more resistance from him because I think that, there's, he d- also didn't share that passion. Right. Cause he didn't have this driving <laughs> force. Like I right. did. And my driving force was secret. So he's just like, okay, you're really into this all of a sudden, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, he still wanted me to like, go get milkshakes with him. After, <laughs> right. You know, like, he's like, what well, <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> um, so, and then at the same time I start getting all this attention from men at the gym too. Right. And, and these men are like, the most attractive men I've ever seen in my life is what I'm thinking, right? Um, and so it was a really, really crazy journey to go through because, um, like, I look at it back. I look back at it now, and I realize that like my self esteem was so low that I that I like, I just wanted someone to fill that for me. And I wasn't getting it from my husband. He was like starting to resent me more and more and more as I separate, obviously, like as I pulled away from him more and more and I changed all my life habits and we stopped, you know, enjoying the same things together. And then when you're getting attention and, and I'm getting attention you're
1: craving because totally you don't like yourself. Absolutely. So you want everyone else to tell you how wonderful you are yeah. and how fit you are and how beautiful and if you're not getting it at home. Totally. totally makes sense. You'd want to be at the gym where you are getting it.
2: Right? And I can't even tell you the feelings of guilt and shame that I was going through, like, kind of liking that attention, right? Because here I am, the Young Women's President at this time. And I was super Mormon, guys. Like, I was really in it all the way. Like, I was, like, studying preach my gospel 30 minutes a day. My kids and I were, re- re- uh, like... Uh, memorizing the living Christ. We had family home evening every minute. I mean, I was like in it, in it. So to be going through all these like emotions, I was just like, I'm a horrible person. Like, right. Oh my gosh. Like what is wrong with me? Like yeah, my thoughts are betraying me. Mm-hmm. Like, Man, I am possessed or something. Yeah. What's wrong I'm with crazy. Me? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm losing it. Like I'm going off the deep end. I'm, I'm bad. I'm, I'm turning bad, bad person. Right. Yeah. And, and I was stuck in it cause I was addicted to the, I was starting to like the attention. Right. And, and then not only am I getting it from guys at the gym, but I'm getting it from everyone. And that's a crazy experience to go through. Actually. Um, I learned a lot because, um, we're very, we get very rewarded for our physicality and our culture. So it was like, Literally all of a sudden, like people are stopping me in the grocery store and like all over the place, women and men, they're like, you look amazing. You look amazing. So here you've got this little crushed ego, you know, you've got this little like destroyed self-esteem and you're just getting love. So it just fuels this fire. You're like, I need more. I need more. I got to look better and better because I'm going to get so much love, the better I look. Right. And before I knew it, like I was walking around at like 10% body fat looking like this, like on stage competitor and I'm getting so many rewards from it. Right. And that's, it's, it's really interesting. Cause like, um, yeah, I, I see why like people who do like bodybuilding and stuff like that, they get hooked on it because I think a lot of that starts from low self-esteem and insecurity and then they just get so rewarded for it. Right. So that's, a, that was a healing journey I had to go through too, to kind of like let that go and get a little healthier body fat percentage, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically what happened, After that was like, I, man, my little naive, low self-esteem heart, like I totally became like attracted to this one guy and I was like super, super fighting those feelings. Um, and eventually I, like our, our marriage was getting worse and worse and worse. There was like fighting and resentment from both ends and, oh, like the other side, the grass was looking really green, you Mm -hmm. know, the grass was looking really green and, um, I was like... So I wanted to get divorced so badly, but I was so scared like that. I wouldn't be able to go through with it. So I was like, all right, if I cross the line with this dude, Oh my gosh, I cannot do that. I cannot do that. And I was like, but if I do, then like he'll divorce me and then I'll take the coward's way out. And, <laughs> and I'll, this right. will all be over. Yeah. This will all be over. Right. And, um, so I did, I crossed the line with that guy. didn't go all the way, but I definitely crossed the line. And, um, man, you know what? I'll tell you, I learned from that being from like a goody two shoes, Mormon BYU student, EFY counselor, young women's president, you know, all this stuff that did everything right to hit that low of a low was honestly, it sounds kind of messed up, but it was like one of the best things that ever happened to me because I gained so much empathy for people when they're making bad life decisions. Cause now when I see that, I'm like, I just want to give people a hug. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's wrong? What is wrong? You know, what are you going through? You know it's so much
1: deeper. Yeah. Like it's not just that decision. It's there's so much behind it. There's oh, so, much, so much
2: unresolved pain. Like yeah. I couldn't even see straight at that time in my life. I I really did. I, I was like, I think I'm crazy. Like, I don't know what is wrong with me. I'm like researching like children of sexual abuse. Like, I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like I, I had no idea. And I was so ashamed that I wasn't going to tell a soul what I was going through. I didn't tell anybody, right? And so mm. I was just like, I've, I've never felt so alone and so hopeless and powerless, you know? So
0: and so one of the things you said was, oh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but it was like you, oh, I can't remember the exact words you used, but basically the gist of what, I, what I'm hearing you say is you hit bottom and you knew what it felt like to hit bottom. And once you got there, you realized, well, maybe I'm supposed to be here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe this happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm not this piece of crap person. Maybe, maybe my imperfections make me human. And being perfect isn't what it's all cracked up to be.
2: Yeah, I definitely see that now. I'll be honest, at that at that time, moment, there's no way no that's way. what you felt. No way. But now man. you
0: look back on oh, it, oh yeah, you learn that.
2: yeah, man. I'm so I, you know, as 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 horrible as it was to cause that pain to him. And by the way, I don't know how people like cheat on their spouses and don't tell them for extended amount of times. Because to me, guilt is the most corrosive emotion possible. Like I couldn't eat for three days. Like I, I barely could eat. I just wanted to puke all the time. I couldn't look him in the eye. I was just like so destroyed. And so I told him and it was definitely the lowest moment of my life. Probably that. And telling my kids we were going to get divorced later on. Those were the two like lowest, so was, was that lowest moments of my it life. It hit the point of, this yeah, is it. We're well, done. no, actually like what really sucked is that he still wanted to stay married. And that really sucked because then my whole plan backfired on me and so it was like,
0: sabotage. yeah,
2: cause I was like, I cheated on you and I actually still don't want to be married to you. Yeah. So here's a little so salt in your wound and let me, whammy. let me turn that knife a few more times, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was horrible. Um, I, yeah. So after that, uh, we went to marriage counseling and I wanted to share this part because, um, to me, I feel like, one of the best things I learned from this whole experience was I was very much a product of the system. I was very, so ingrained into doing what I was told to do like my whole life. Like I was a people pleaser. I was in the academic school system, right? Everything was going to be planned out for me here, Tara, do AP honors. Okay. Uh, get, get your college degree. Okay. Fill in the blank job. You're going teacher. Yep. I'll be a teacher. That's a checklist. You know, like I don't and have so to think for myself, your mom. be a mom, and buy, your yeah, mom, be mom home and- buy a house, get a 401k. Like do here's your whole life planned out for you. Then I've got the religious system, right? So You don't have to think at all. Like, go ahead. Here's, this is what exactly what you're supposed to do. Just follow the rules and everything will be perfect in your life. So like, I was such a rule follower that I honestly had not developed the skill of thinking for myself. And in my marriage, it definitely manifested that way because I was just like, oh yeah, like I'm super laid back and cool. Like whatever you want to do all the time. And I just really just let him make. All the decisions for me, and I own that now, right? I'm not saying he was like this, you know, controlling jerk or yeah, anything like, like that. You recognize I surrendered that my will, you did right? That.
0: Yeah. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like, this is how our system is actually designed. Yeah, and it's yes. designed by in the, guys in the
1: Western world that this is kind of how we That's, live. It's not. I, just,
0: I mean, essentially, guys who look just like me, sound like me, act like me. They design the system because it's quite, I'm, I'm on top, and I don't have to do anything. The only thing I have to do is make sure I stay on top. And so the system is created so that women fall in line and do what they're supposed to do, and then all of a sudden, right? The thing that I find interesting—I don't know if you ever thought about like this before—but I hear your story, and I think like the fall from grace began with your husband actually owning the shame. Yeah. Really? I mean, it, yeah. It goes back, but like the your relationship with him began that moment in that kitchen that you talk about, where he like. Owned what was happening, yeah. And honesty entered, and then that was like domino one, and brought you to where you are today. Which I mean, I don't want to jump ahead, but you're you're pretty happy. Yeah,
2: personal. man, it's he, been a journey since then. It's been a journey, but yeah.
0: that you think that's a that's a really transitional moment. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that his level of honesty. I mean, a lot of shit went down after yeah,
2: that. Yeah, I mean, I'm grateful for it, right? But uh, he did it. Yeah. Yeah, and And allowed
0: you to finally be the person because in that moment you were like, "Well, I now have to decide what I got to do." Because up until that point, you were just checking boxes.
2: Yeah, right. And then
0: at that moment, box checking wasn't an option anymore because there's no plan for how do you deal with this.
2: Exactly. So I had to. I had to start thinking for myself a little bit. Yeah. Right. And, um, I went to the marriage counseling and actually it was really interesting. And I hope my ex-husband doesn't mind me saying this, but um, the marriage counselor immediately—I was in this place of like, "Yep, it's all my fault. Like, I cheated. Like, I want to get the divorce. Like, I'm a piece of shit. Like, this is all—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm at fault 100%. Like, somebody torture me. Like, I—I I was practically in place. Like, if Where's I could my to, if I could have yeah. gone to prison for it, sign me up because I just wanted to be punished for all my sins, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, the marriage counselor immediately was like, "I want to separate you guys." And, um, it was really interesting because in my first solo session with him, he told me, um, Hey, so I'm as pro marriage as it gets. That's what I do. And your marriage can be saved. He's like, "But well, you need to know that you're in an abusive relationship. And that like floored me. I was like, really? <laughs> okay. Um, and you know, I don't mean to bad mouth my ex-husband at all, but the, the nature of the relationship was somewhat that way. Right. Um, and, and it was I was catering to that as well, right? Well, it's um, what you knew. Yeah, it was what I knew. Exactly. That's how
0: the system is set up. Like we just talking about. It? Yeah. It's like, I
2: will just do whatever you say. Um, yeah. and then he, um, he said, Tara, I want you to come back. I just want you to answer one question for me next week. What do you want? And that was like the, one of the most pivotal questions of my life because the best way I know how to explain it was just a complete and total block. I had no capacity. I was like, I have no idea. Like, I wanted somebody to tell me what I wanted. Wait, this is on so bad. what I get to do? Yeah. Hold on, that's not how this I was this like, works. somebody tell yeah. me, somebody tell me. And yeah. at this point, actually, I had already left the church about, like, three months before that, right? So I had lost, like, my entire framework that mm. I, the the whole, like, um, support system, the whole lens, yeah. the everything. Yeah, yeah it had just completely crumbled. So I was like, I don't even know anything anymore. Like, I don't know. And I just want somebody to tell me, <laughs> I just want, I just want answers. I don't know how to decide what I want. And so it was, man, it was a crazy time. Um, and I will say that like my, my fall and <laughs> my change that I went through, I'm grateful that it brought me out of the Mormon church. Cause so what happened was, for me personally, um, I started having all these feelings, like these attraction to guys, and I was praying so hard. One day, I was like out at the lake with my family, and I was just like, "No, I don't want this. Like, take it away, please. Like, just cure me of whatever's going on with me. So and cure you of
0: like being attracted, being to, men? attracted
2: to other guys. Yes, cure oh, me of this. Nice. We're, yes, we're used to uh-huh. the
1: other I know. <laughs> Usually, people we talk to. well, no, it's cure me of being attracted to men, but it's a man. I'm a man.
0: Well, <laughs> the thing is, is. I
2: mean, <laughs> this,
0: is, this is kind of a cultural thing. Like, my attraction to other people is bad.
2: And right. I need that to
0: go away. Right. God, take it away, and then I'll be okay. Right. That's insane. I know. But that's how we are... Like, how is that a cult? Like it drives me crazy.
2: It's total denial, right? I it just is. like, put it's me ins- back in denial. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, and
0: one of my favorite cliches is what we resist will persist. Right. I love that. And, and that's exactly totally, the situation.
2: Totally. So I'm having this prayer and I kid you not guys, the thought that came to my mind was what would Joseph Smith do? And <laughs> my answer in my head was, that mother effer (laughs) for the first time. And I had, I mean, I had just been to like youth conference. I'm like bearing my testimony of how Joseph Smith was a prophet. But I was like, Whoa, like there was a little crack in the glass. Like, could he have been like me? Is it possible that he also went through this thing? And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm just trying to justify crap. Like, but it, it was Hmm. cracked a little bit. And, um, it was actually at girls camp, like a month later, this girl at girls camp was portraying Emma Smith, Joseph, was Smith's wife. And she was like, I married Joseph when he lived in my house and we eloped because my dad didn't like him. And I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Cause the stuff that I've read about him, is like, Hey, he keeps marrying these chicks that live in his house. I'm like, just the, you know, the questions were there. And that's honestly what propelled me into finding answers. I was, I was like, I just want to find out why her dad didn't like him. And that like started me on this journey of finding out a whole bunch of stuff that a I snowball. never learned. Yeah. And so you perpetually guess-
0: <laughs> moving snowball that you cannot stop. Once yes. You
2: start. So I it took like me to call it the rabbit
1: hole. It you is the rabbit. Like start crawling. It, for <laughs> me.
2: Yeah. It, was, I, it, it took me three weeks to undo what I considered the most personal testimony of the church of 33 years. It took me three weeks to be like, I'm never going there again, ever. How, <laughs> so, how did your husband deal with that? Yeah. So I told him and I was super scared to tell him and he was actually really cool about it. He was like, okay, I'll look into it. Um, and yeah, so real quick, like I'll, I'll wrap this up into a nutshell, but like leaving the church. Wow. So I, that was right before the divorce. So here I am, I'm this horrible person facing all these temptations. I'm now, I'm going to leave the church. Um, I'm just coming out of being the Young Men's president. I'm like wrapping it up. I haven't even quite been released yet, right? And um, I had been in for three years. So the bishop's like, "We're gonna release you soon." Um, so I'm finding this out, and I'm like trying to go to my freaking presidency meetings, and I'm like, "This is all bullshit!" Like <laughs> it's just falling apart. <sighs> yeah. And mm-hmm. so it was so stressful. I'm having all these anxiety attacks. I never, I don't, I don't, I've never dealt with anything like that before. But I'm like driving through my neighborhood. There wasn't a single person I didn't know who wasn't Mormon. Everyone, I had like just put myself in the bubble. I had no no friends or family that weren't Mormon, right? So I was like, okay, like I am about to lose my entire freaking life as I know it. And it was the scariest, Ugh. lowest feeling ever. Like I'm like, what is Sister Peterson going to think? What is Sister So-and-So going to think? Oh my gosh, like I'm never going to see them again. Like just so distraught. And I was like, had a really tight-knit girls group and we were always going on trips and girls nights. I'm like, I'm going to lose my whole life. Um, and... The moment's s- hard. Yeah, man. moment's freaking hard. Freaking hard. And,
0: and like, and I hear you tell this, and, like, I, I think one of the places I'm at right now is, like, the whole, like, moving away from any faith, whether it's Mormon or leaving something that you knew to be true at yeah. one point, or you believed to be true. Yeah. It's, like, this sadness, like, this grief thing. So deep. Where you just, like, kind of mourn for something. Like, there's, like, wow. Like, what if... Oh, what yeah. If I didn't have to mourn this way. Like, I've lost something. Oh, for sure. And that's, it's like, that's, you're losing your childhood belief system. Yeah. You're losing your partner. Wow, totally. What a brutal moment. Uh, it's
2: like, it was
1: like dying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was, wow. it felt and it is because wow. you're literally starting over. Yeah. Yeah. But, it was like, but you don't get to start over with, as a child, where you're learning and stuff. You know so much. You get to start out like, with ah, judgment
2: and shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, get, a little
1: bit. People don't,
0: it's a hard, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but people have a hard time understanding that, how difficult that grief is for people. And right. then grief is this massive emotion that we all experience, you, like, ubiquitously amongst all of us. Right. At varying levels, whether it's losing a loved one or losing a belief system or grieving the loss of a, of a spouse right like it's all the same we grieve we grieve equally
2: yeah right exactly and you know the hardest thing about like going through that process was that my Bishop kept trying to call me in for a new calling and I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to anybody yet. Like I haven't even told my kids. I haven't told my friends. I haven't told my parents. Uh, My ex-husband was still trying to decide where he was at with things. He hadn't really made a decision yet. And so I'm getting these texts like, Hey, what's going on? Like, how come you haven't come in? We want to have a new calling for you. And I was avoiding, 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 I'm trying to buy time. And finally he was like, Hey man, something, you know, something's up. Like what's going on. That's really weird. Like you're avoiding me and you haven't come in and I was like crap am I really going to tell him this in a text but I was like okay I'm going to I'm going to do it so I type up this text and I basically say Listen, I'm leaving the church. I know that's going to come as a huge shock, since we were just at like youth conference a couple months together, (laughs) took a go go together, and I was super in. Um, um, But I was like, "This is really, really hard for me right now." And Justin doesn't know where he's at. I told him I haven't told anybody yet. Please, please give me some privacy right now. Please do not tell the ward council which I was in. You know, Mm -hmm. please do not send the ward mission president to my door. Please, just don't tell anybody this. I'm just telling you out of respect. So. So I'm not just avoiding you, you know? man, the anxiety before I pushed sin on that text, oh. I was like pacing. Cause I was like, as soon as I send this, like it's out of my control. Right. Yeah, like, right. I don't know what can happen You're after right. this. Hoping. Oh, yeah. So I like, I'm walking outside. I literally had to go run. Like my adrenaline was so high. That I like, I pushed sin and I just took off running. Like, and I was fast at that time. right? I had <laughs> just qualified for Boston. You're like, Six I was like, miles. Let's yes, go. <laughs> definitely. It was the fastest run of my life. <laughs> And um, you know what really sucked is that they didn't respect that privacy that I asked for and they went around and they told that like I started getting texts within like two days. No. From my young women's parents, right? We had a pretty big, you know, like thirty-something girls, um, and not only did they go around and visit a lot of those girls and their parents, but they called the old ward that we had split off all the parents of all thirty or forty of their young women and said, "Hey, we just want to let you know Tara's leaving the church. You know, we're here for your daughter." So, oh, so do you no. know what that Tara just... like? I yeah. seriously,
1: this is like almost triggering me. <laughs>
2: I'm like, oh no, oh no, I can feel the heat. I, I'm
1: just like, this, feel this feel was that was uh, that was us. Uh, And I just, you know, people really need to understand, like, when you're going through something like that, you haven't processed it. Right. You're still dealing with it. So when you're betrayed by your family, your friends, your board members, your neighbors, you feel so alone because you're like, you don't give a shit about me. Right. You want to talk about me. Totally. That's exactly
2: what it felt like. It's crushing.
1: It Mm -hmm. was so, it was soul crushing for us. Like, it seriously, like... We didn't talk to family. We didn't talk Mm -hmm. to neighbor. We completely separated ourselves because we felt so betrayed. And so like hearing this is just, and I've heard it from more people than just you. It's just like Mm people. People.
2: Like, yeah, if I can create awareness right now, then that's that's wonderful, you know. It's yes. like respect people's place that they're in and give them some privacy and room to process, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, it it um it spread so quickly. I had people, you know, showing up at my house. I'm getting Facebook messages, I'm getting texts. I'm getting like weird around the you know, beat around the bush Facebook posts from all mm-hmm. my friends about how the church is actually true and why people shouldn't leave the church and well, and know? meanwhile, <laughs>
1: aside from the whole church thing, Your marriage is falling apart and no one knows, right? No one knows that
2: part yet. So you're like, can can you
1: lay off me here because I got this. I'm like, I'm a scumbag
2: because I just did the worst thing I've ever done my whole life. Um, I can't even see straight cause I have no framework to see the world through anymore. And my marriage is falling apart. So, I mean, to say I was stressed would be like an understatement. Yeah. It was a lot yeah. to handle all at once. Right. And then I've got to deal with like, Oh my gosh, my kids, my poor kids, like we we just left the church. Right. It's like, Hey, psych, just kidding. All that <laughs> stuff we've been telling you, like your whole life, just mm-hmm. kidding. We just found out none of that was true. Sorry, right. Bro. So that's awesome to Brutal. do with your kids. Brutal. Um, and then three months later, actually mom and dad are going to get divorced too. And that was the hardest part. I almost just stayed in the marriage. I was like, I can't, I can't do that to my kids. Like I, that's way too much at once. But like, I had gotten to the point honestly, where like, if I, it was like every single day would have been like, punishment and torture to myself to stay in a situation that I just knew that I needed to move on from. Right. And I had to honor that. Um, I, I actually started in those months to feel more closely, um, connected spiritually than I ever had in my entire life. And I thought I was really close to God and you know, I prayed every day and, but it was different. Um,
0: can I ask you a tough question?
2: Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I love tough questions.
0: I'm just kidding. Um, What do you say to people? Because I I, I've been asked, I've had people ask this question before, and I kind of don't know how to answer sometimes. So maybe Mm -hmm. you have some insight. What do you say to the people who say you should have stayed in your marriage for your kids? Like that's selfish.
2: Yeah, I definitely did that to myself, right? Like I'm like this. how how Mm -hmm.
0: How do you navigate that? Well, Voice I'll, or those questions,
2: yeah. I'll tell you what I've learned since then, yeah, is that they now get to see a way happier version of their mom and dad. So, I'll be, I'm sorry, I'm gonna swear, but I think that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I think that, that the stay in your marriage for stay in an unhappy marriage for your kids is a fucking cop out. Sorry, <laughs> I no, you can bleep me is. out there, but I think it is. it is, I think it is because, like. I was meaner to my kids back then. I was always losing my crap on them. I was like every night like crying about like I should have spent more time with McKenzie today or I should have like I did this wrong. I was an emotional wreck, right? And I was pleasing, like crazy, just trying to like do anything they wanted because I just I – was, I was a mess, you know? And like now they get to see a happier version of their mom that's like – I'm way more composed around them. I rarely lose my temper. like I'm like i'm I'm fulfilled like I and we haven't really gotten there yet, but that's what I would say is like if you think you can work your marriage out and get to that place, like yes, do it. like definitely, I had to go through so many like the first year. I missed, like, just the after-school time. Like, just everything's easy. I get to see my kids every single day. I get to just make dinner, and things are just, like, I missed that mm-hmm. so bad, right? Yeah. So that's definitely something that I've had to work through. But I still, like, I don't think it's doing your kids a service to be miserable and let them see that modeled for their life. That's not doing something yeah. for them, in my opinion. Yeah, I, well, I,
1: It's I, teaching them to stay... Re- doesn't matter how crappy you feel or how miserable, miserable you are. Right. You stay in that awful down, place. You shove
0: turn it off. You keep doing it. Sorry. Yeah,
1: and you I don't had want to, that. you
2: have to say that?
0: Yeah, do. Because that's what you... I mean, that's what we're... <laughs> Supposed to? I'm using it's air quotes.
2: Self-sacrificing. It's self sacrificing. It's you're a yeah, good person. You don't if you matter. Do that. Put
0: everybody else That's, first.
2: Uh huh. And I did that my whole life, and, and it was not good. And you end up miserable. <laughs> totally. Right.
0: And then not only are you miserable, the way you get validation is externally from exactly. all these external outside sources. Exactly. And whenever anybody compliments you, your inner monologue is, "Well, if you really knew who I was, you wouldn't say that." And so, no matter what anyone says, you still feel like a piece of crap. You think that doesn't transfer to your kids, people? Totally. They pick that shit up so quick. So quick, and and you don't have the capacity to be able to help them unravel it because you can't unravel it yourself. So you have to go through this journey That's for exactly your kids. Right. So staying with him is not always for your kids.
2: That's exactly right. I have watched the confidence in my daughter shift from when I was because man, especially if you have like like I don't know about you, but like from my, like my daughter, she is she models me, you know what Mm. I mean? Like I see that, like, it's almost like, Ooh, it's like a high degree of responsibility. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I have an opinion about something. I later hear her express the exact same opinion. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I gotta be, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. (laughs) And I've watched her confidence build. I've watched her, like, um, her eye for BS open up a little bit more. I've watched her like be like, no, like, that's not what I think, you right. know. I've seen that side come out, and I'm I'm grateful for that, you know, because I didn't see that. I saw all the pleasing behaviors and do what everybody wants me to do back when I was in that mindset, right? So right. I'm I'm glad that I've been able to model that for them, even though it sucks that I don't get to be with them as often as I want to. I'm glad that I'm setting an example for them to like live their life on their terms. Okay. Um, Sorry to derail.
0: That was really good though. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. Back Um, to the
0: terror story. Continue. Okay.
2: All right. So guess what happened after I got on my nice unlimited path of, I, I did it. I left Mormonism and it was so hard, but I'm on my unlimited path and I got out of my marriage and that was so hard, but I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm on my own. And I'm going to wind myself in a relationship with a sociopath straight oh, out of the no. gate because oh, I'm g- going to get love bombed and I'm going to have somebody tell me exactly what to do. And I-, I don't even know which way to see straight anymore. So I've got this profound mm. sense of YOLO and he's into all this crazy stuff. And so I'm like, yeah, this will be awesome. Because he okay? will tell me what to do. Yeah, he's going to tell me what to do, right? And I fell right back into old patterns, and I didn't even see it. So I spent a year and a half in that relationship until stuff got real weird, really weird at the end. And I finally got out of that. That was honestly only, let's see, like... April, May, so like a year ago that I got out of that. And that is where the real journey came. And I'm I'm actually super grateful for that. I'm grateful for the abuse growing up. I'm grateful for poverty. I'm grateful for like my Mormon phase. I'm grateful for the sociopath narcissist stuff because it taught me so much about me. Especially like I'm I'm glad that he was extreme, this guy that I dated after, as extreme as he was, because I think that I would have if it had been like a somewhat nice guy that still kinda liked control, I would have fell right back into these pleasing patterns and I'll do everything you want me to do. But when I, like I learned the lesson so hard. I was, you know, at first it was, what is wrong with me? Why right. did I agree to all those things? Yeah. Like, why did, oh my gosh, like, why was I so powerless? And it was like, why was I so powerless? What is going on with me? Maybe I need to reexamine some stuff. And I, like, I learned so much about like, um, I did like a whole letter, like the, thank you. I forgive you. I'm sorry. I love you. You know, like you write mm-hmm. those things out. I called him codependent in that letter. I never gave it to him. It was just for me to process things and i found out i was codependent and that mm. it, i wasn't respecting expecting the same respect in relationships that i was giving now, the funny right funny thing about
0: codependence is it's co
2: yeah <laughs> right? like yeah. i love
0: i love that like oh i'm in this relationship with this really codependent person do you hear yeah,
2: yeah. so that's
0: re- that's a good thing to be able to realize yeah. and let go of right. where i don't need to be dependent either just like he doesn't
2: right yeah yeah i learned so much that's and it, awesome. I, i'm grateful I'm grateful that, like, I'm really grateful for finding out that Mormonism wasn't true for me because it opened my eyes in so many ways that I was like, what else am I wrong about? Mm -hmm. What else do I really need to do is swallow this giant pill that sucks and realize that I need to do some changing and I need to do some growing because this belief system that I'm stuck in right now might not actually be right, might Mm -hmm. not actually be real, might not be optimal for my life, right? So it's almost put me in this state of, like, uh, constant meditation of like examining my thoughts and be like, hmm, I'm being willing to be wrong, right? Not not it automatically accepting that I'm wrong, but being willing to re-examine how I'm approaching things. And so getting out of that relationship and guys, I lost everything. Like I lost all my money, like I'm saying, when I walked out of that relationship, I I walked into it with like the equity from my house and like you know uh, money coming in. Lost all of it. I walked out with not even a dollar, not even a bank account anymore. Right, no credit. Like I totally just let him make all my decisions for me, and um, I had the stuff in my car. And one of my friends gave me 300 bucks, and I was couch surfing with people I didn't even know. This is a year ago. Uh, it was the lowest of lows. I'm like I'm 30 what was I, uh, 35 years old. And this is what my life has come to. Right. And, um, the, I, I know you guys through Drew Manning mm-hmm. and Drew, man, I'm so grateful to Drew because Drew helped me so much in that time. He it was like, Hey, come work for me, come work with me. And he, he helped me out on so many levels and I'll always be grateful to Drew for that. Um, but I, yeah, like I had so much to process and learn about myself and, as I went through that process, like I, I, I realized that I needed to be alone for a little while. <laughs> I needed to learn how to make decisions a hundred percent on my own. I needed to learn that no one was going to save me, that I only I could, right? And man, that was the best decision I ever made was to just suck up that pain of loneliness, being all by myself in my new little apartment without my kids, without a boyfriend, without looking for a date, without like going out with friends, just like feel this Feel this all the way. Feel all your feelings. Don't be fine. Go ahead and feel them. Cry, process, you know? And like that, it was probably about three or four months of that. I was like, man, nobody knows how lonely I am. (laughs) This is so good for me, but it's so hard. And during that time, though, I started changing all my habits. I started listening to tons of like, you know, Tony Robbins and Jim Rowan and Wayne Dyer. Um, I also was like gifted and this was through drew to super grateful, um, an experience to do ayahuasca. And that was super reconnected me to my heart, reconnected me to my children, reconnected me to like, gave me compassion and forgiveness on myself so I could like move on from the past and start thinking in the future. And um, yeah, I started, like, infiltrating my brain with, like, higher vibration thoughts, wow. right? This makes... going to make me sound like such a loser, but, but, you know, they say the five people you're around the most are who you become the most like. I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, just infiltrate my brain with the most successful people that I admire, so I'm just going to listen to all their content. I'm going to listen to all their books, all their podcasts, just all day long, so I'm just plummeting my brain with high vibration thoughts and ways of thinking. Right. Um, I'm trying to build my business at this time. I stopped working for drew and that was scary. I went through this little scary phase. I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to go get a job somewhere. I can't do this. I can't do this business by myself. I,
1: I listened, Cause I heard, I listened to your other podcast uh-huh. and when you're like, I walked into Walmart and had to buy scrubs and I was like, Oh, you poor thing. Uh-huh. I did. Yeah.
2: I had a 24 hour freak out where I was like, Nope. I got to go get a job. I'm going to work at a dentist office. I'm going to get scrubs. And then I got super depressed and I was like, no, (laughs) no, 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 I can do this. If other people can do it, so can I. And that's, you know, that was something with fitness too. I was like, if other people can do it, why can't I, I can do this. I'm a strong, capable person. I can do this. And that's kind of the attitude I've had with business. Right. And I still like, I'll be totally honest with you. I'm like, if other people can be millionaires, why can't I be? of course I can. Mm -hmm. Right. I just need, I just have things to learn. They just know things that I don't know yet. Right. But I can learn so, and I can put things into action and get there. So that's, that's where I've been at. And it's just been this like beautiful process. Like I, again, like getting out of that relationship and hitting rock bottom even further than before. Cause now I didn't have any financial security. I didn't have anybody. I only had me, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me because now it's like, I've learned that, I don't need anyone to save me. I don't need someone to tell me what to do. Like I can decide that now. And it's like the most exciting feeling ever. And my, my self-confidence has built so much as I like, I'm like, I'm going to do this and then I do it. Right. And that's integrity. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to do this and then I do it. And then like, it just keeps building my self-confidence more and more and more to the point that now I'm like, you know, I look back, I'm like, yeah, I of course I can run a, a successful coaching company. Like why not? I have a high level of caring. Um I'm driven. I will put the work in. I want people to be successful. Like it's I've, I've eliminated so many self-limiting thoughts through this process of like doing like just really going for it and really examining what was holding me back before. Oh, I didn't communicate. Okay. Let me work on communication. Oh, like I'm procrastinating. Okay. Let me do a time management log and how can I improve that? Oh, I'm like feeling bad because I didn't call my kids today. Okay. Just call your kids, (laughs) you know? And like, I've just like building all these healthy skills.
1: Yeah. Any issue that's coming up in your head, you're, you're addressing it and yeah. fixing it instead I'm, of just loathing in it and, and pushing it away and pretending it like it's
2: not there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So it's been a really cool journey. Like, and you know, I'm not saying like I have it all, all figured out. And I like, sometimes it's scary to be vulnerable about all your crap. Cause you're like, you're like, you lose control a little bit. Right. Like, For cause sure. it's like, I don't yeah, know I how other people are going to perceive this. They might, some people might listen to this and be like, Wow, she's actually a piece of shit. I didn't. I didn't know she was a piece of shit. And some people might be like, "Wow, that was really brave." And some people might be like, "Eh, she's a little off, but whatever." You know, like, and it doesn't matter. That's another thing that I've definitely learned, and it's been cool to go through that process. Is like, I've really become my own best friend, and like, I, I love that. Yeah, I just like. I'm in this for me now and for my kids and I have specific goals and vision and like, you know, meditation has been huge for me. Plant medicines have been huge for me. It's like just doing, getting myself in this space where I can, um, see what I want. Right. I can actually see what I want now, guys. Like I actually know what I want. I actually have written goals and things I envision. And it's just been this beautiful process where I went from this person who was perfect, in my head right like because i was earning perfection i was i was the stay at home mom with the clean house and the snacks and the dinner on the table and the clean lawn well not all the time but sometimes <laughs> and, you, and you checked every right? box You're i was hustling. checking right? yeah. i was checking all the boxes of perfection but now my drive is different because my drive like, like right now my drive is to get, like get my kids back because I haven't been able to while I've been going through this crazy build my business again and I'm grateful to my ex-husband for taking them during the week you know and I'm having them on the weekends and that's been super hard too but I'm, I'm my drive is not about me anymore right it's about getting them it's about my clients I'm like coming at it at like no get them their freaking results like help them right and so as I've like worked on myself I kind of like gotten myself out of the way so that I can be more of service that's right yeah, it's not so, about me anymore. So
0: what is? So tell us a little bit about your coaching deal that you're doing. What are you doing?
2: Yeah, so I like most of my clients are online, uh-huh. so I coach people on the ketogenic diet and personal training, help them match that, and I've also built like a a program teaching people to do that. So I have digital programs too. Um, And right now, honestly, I'm super excited. I'm going to my first mastermind retreat um, next week. And I want, I want to do those. I want to provide space for people to be out in nature and to heal themselves. Like I've definitely learned that all my answers were inside of me, right? Like I was constantly Mm -hmm. looking for someone to show me the way, someone to give me approval, someone to give me validation, someone to give me love. And I could only get that from inside myself. I could only be fulfilled when I got all of it from inside myself. So I want to provide that space for people. And It's, I'm telling you, it's out in nature. Like we are stuck in these little weird boxes and we're so (laughs) disconnected and we're in our little rat race. And we're like, we just don't have any space to breathe and to connect with source and our higher, higher self. And when we get out in nature, I'm a huge fan of hiking that's awesome. and just getting perspective so that's that's what i'm so working you're doing so
0: it's like a retreat thing that you're doing like uh, tell yeah, us a little I, bit about it so because there's probably people listening here who would be interested
2: yeah so i'm like i'm just putting get together a team and like one thing i've been really gifted with is like just knowing amazing people like you guys yeah, and yeah. many <laughs> others and so i'm putting together a team with we'll have like meditation and breath work and Very yoga cool. and keto because um, keto actually it's so cool that keto is like a fat loss diet because it's actually, it's like mimicked fasting. Right. And Hey, even though I'm not Mormon anymore, I got to give them credit. Like fasting fasting is amazing for you. Amazing. And it's, it puts you in a very spiritual state, right? It unlocks something in your brain that that you just don't get otherwise. So like being able to incorporate um, the ketogenic diet and mimic that fasting while you're in this like deep pondering space, doing breath work. Like if you're opposed to plant medicines, like totally get it. But like doing holotropic breath work can get you to the same place. I actually processed so much, even more emotionally, in my breath work when I did ayahuasca than I did actually in ayahuasca. Right, so I want to provide. Drew said the same thing.
1: Yeah, he he mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Yep, and yeah, we I've were all balling like too. babies.
2: I it's don't crazy. like. I don't like bawling crying in front of people you know and like and i don't think drew does either and i don't think a lot of the guys that were there like and we were like bawling in this room like just processing so much stuff it was so beautiful so yeah um i i don't have any definitive like information hey, to give well, people yet, but do. it's in the works so that's <laughs> Tell really cool
1: this is yeah. i'm totally interested yeah.
2: good yeah, yeah i always you love it. when
1: oh when you and drew went to that ayahuasca thing i'm uh-huh. like oh i want this so bad but i'm not in a place in my life that i can go do that yet but I want something yeah. similar. So if it's somewhere closer where I don't have to go to another exactly. country, exactly. <laughs> I am so fascinated by, like, so fascinated by this. I totally want to do it. So Good. you to yeah. let me know. When, I will. Because I, I love, and I've loved watching you with the ketogenic diet, and even Drew. Like, I've really enjoyed watching. I love how you interpret it, I guess. Like, you, I know you go into, what is it? keto, um, ketosis. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I also know
2: that you have ways, like you add carbs back in here and uh-huh. there and you go kind of go back and forth with it. Absolutely. Yeah. So my, my program is called keto in and out yeah. because I, I, I don't love think that. that we need to be in ketosis all the time, unless you're using it therapeutically. Cause it mm-hmm. is really healing. Right. Like there's carbs growing all over the planet for a reason. And ideally we should be able to even eat like a couple of apples, but because food naturally wouldn't be as abundant as it is for yes. us right now, we would run out of that and we'd be like, oh, I'll just use these fat stores that I have stored to me easily, right? But we don't because we have candy and Twinkies and bread and snacks and crackers and goldfish and Oreos. And so we've become dependent on that. And we've lost that ability to just go in and out of ketosis. So that's what all I'm trying to do is restore people back to their natural metabolism, where when you run out of food, you don't get hangry and shaky and like, Oh my gosh, I need food now or I'm going to kill somebody. And you can just like use your body fat. That's It's like, yay, I can actually use my body fat. And it doesn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> that's what keto does for people, but I still think that we should be able to have all the benefits of eating carbohydrates sometimes too. So, if I, lo- I love wa- that approach. Yeah,
0: if people want to like have you as their coach mm-hmm. or reach out to you and get their coaching done through you, how do they do
2: that? So, my website is garrison.com. That's really easy, but like if you want to find me all the time really easily, I'm on I'm on the gram, I'm on, on Instagram. Instagram. Yes. That's my yes. main platform and, and I love it. You post coach you Garrison. I, yeah, yeah, I've learned Instagram's a lot great. about thanks.
1: Your business and your coaching and I, it's funny cause I follow some of the people you coach and so I love, they'll post oh, about you cool. and I'm like, Oh, this is so awesome. Oh so, yeah. Anyways. It's so
2: fun. It's so fulfilling. And I'll tell you like, um, it's not easy being an entrepreneur on any level or a business owner, you know that. Yeah. Um, but like being a health entrepreneur, like scared the crap out of me for a while and it didn't provide any security. And I was like, I have like, part of me was like, I have to do this to show that you, if you have these intentions of wanting to help people for, for a living, that you don't have to be broke lit, working at 4am at Vasa for <laughs> job right. change. Like you can actually make a profitable living. So like part of my, what I'm doing is like, I'm like, okay, like, I want to show people that you can do this you know and it's not easy I think people think oh I'll be an online coach and that will be then I won't have to work I can stay home ha 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 yeah right (laughs) I saw somebody said once um, you know that phrase do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life somebody crossed out and you'll never work a day in your life and wrote and you'll work all the freaking time (laughs) all day every day so don't I know it yes (laughs) shit (laughs) yeah but I I love it but I love it oh it's so fulfilling and I love yes and
0: obviously you're a Tony Robbins fan F- follower yeah. aficionado fulfillment man like this idea of fulfillment and like how it's so different than happiness and how we're constantly seeking the way I describe it is like you're looking people are in constant um like need and want for a euphoric experience mm-hmm. I want to feel euphoria I want to feel elated yeah. I yeah. want this really happy joyful moment and that's what I seek and I'm not okay unless I'm there when in reality, fulfillment and contentment is like at the ready all the time. And I think that's mm-hmm. part of your holistic approach to like coaching and the keto jo- ketogenic diet and all that stuff is you want people to be able to live a lifestyle that works for them and you help them find that.
2: Yeah, and I want them to be free because yeah. there's nothing more eye-opening than coaching people one-on-one and finding out how many people are suffering in silence. And mm-hmm. that's part of the reason I tell my cool. story about like all my crap because everyone decides that they just need to suffer alone. And especially with mm-hmm. like, especially well men too, but women like you, you would not believe like how many women are just like, they hate how they look. They're starving themselves and they're not telling anybody they have binging and purging and they, the person they're in a relationship with doesn't even know about mm-hmm. it. Right. And they're just stuck in these shame cycles. And I honestly believe that the ketogenic diet is such a useful tool for that. Cause my, so my approach, approach is like yes we have to do some spiritual works right like there's pain oh, sure. you're not feeling and all that right But when you can get to a place where you actually reduce your cravings and you're like teaching your body how to use its own fat and your brain starts getting more optimized, you just get in a better place where you can like make good decisions for yourself and then your self-esteem starts building, right? So part of what I, like my whole mission is like, I'm not dogmatic about keto or any kind of, I'm like, I just want to help you find a way to be free from that and stop suffering alone. You know, I, I pride myself on graduating my, like working my way out of a client. (laughs) <laughs> when they like, you know, I just had a client that she's like, I am in such a good place. I don't ever want to weigh myself. I don't ever want to count another calorie or a macro. Um, like I, like, I feel good. I just bought a sexy new little cutoff sweatshirt and I'm just like, I like chills up and down. I'm like, this oh, is I all I want. She's like, my husband is so happy. And like I, that is everything to me. That's, That's all right. I want is for I people to it. just be free.
0: So you heard it here. If you want to stop weighing yourself
2: and counting macros and again. counting
0: macros and all that stuff, hit up there. Okay, yeah. I'm not lying. You're gonna to have to
2: count them a little bit to get to first, but I'll, I'll get you there. Here. Yes, yeah. No, well, but
0: I'm you you create something for people that they want, and you have a successful process. That's freaking yeah. awesome. That's not something any everybody can say. And yeah. you help people, and I know from my own experience and Bethany as well. Like we're healers. That's what we want to do. We want to help beautiful. heal, and you get that. That's and right. You get like. What it's like to watch someone heal and realize they're their own answer, and, and that's, that's, right. that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, yep. Instagram Tara, at Tara Gerson, uh, Coach
1: Tara Gerson. It's T A R A. Got yep. it. Yep, awesome, beautiful. Tara. Thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. I love, I love every second. Thanks for having me.